Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. And 14, and so we're, we're picking that subject back up, and this morning's uh, passage is going to talk a lot about local church life and how interconnected Christians are to be. So anyone who has put their trust in Jesus, has turned from their sins and believes that Jesus is God, that he died on the cross for their sins, and then he rose from the grave on the third day. Anyone who really wholeheartedly believes that message is saved and becomes a part of the universal church and should become a part of a local church as well. But to get the gears turning a little bit, I want you to imagine that yesterday was not a rainy day, but it was a hot, sunny day. It was a hot, sunny Saturday. And I want you to imagine that the moment you woke up and the sun came out, and this is especially for those of you like gardening and flowers and yard work, imagine the whole day was beautiful, perfect temperature, and you spent the entire day working in your garden, or preparing your garden, or working in your flower bed, or taking care of your, your yard. Now, if you don't have a yard, just imagine what that would be like. So I want you to think about that. Imagine you did that, and I want you to think about some of these statements. And I'm going to say a bunch of different statements that are all true statements, but they focus on kind of different parts. And you'll know what I mean in a moment. So you worked all day. It was hot. Uh, the, the sun has now gone down. You come into your house. You eat a, a dinner, you, you drink a glass of water, and out of your mouth you say, my back hurts. So that's a true statement. That'd be a true statement for me. My, my back really hurts. You might also say, oh, I am so sunburnt. My, my arms are burnt so bad and my neck is burnt. Or you might even say, oh, my knees hurt. I, I just ache. All true statements. But you could also say, my entire body Aches. Or you could say a more general statement, I am so tired. All those statements would be true. They'd be true of me. And the reason is because the different parts of my body, like the different parts of your body, are so interconnected. So I can say in one breath, my neck is sunburnt. I can say in another breath, my entire body aches and is sore. The reason we're starting there is because we're going to see in this passage this morning that the Apostle Paul is going to use the human body as an analogy for local church life. And what is true of the human body and how interconnected um, our different body parts are is also to be true of God's local church. So let's jump in and get our, our gears turning on the subject. We're going to actually start in verse 1, but our main focus today is going to be verse 12 through 27. But look at verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As I said in, in previous messages, uh, the Corinthians wrote questions to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is answering those questions in this inspired letter in 1 Corinthians. And so he begins a new subject in chapter 12, and he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. In other words, Paul wants them to be knowledgeable of the subject of spiritual gifts. And in the Corinthian church, as you read the letter, you will see that they were very abundant 
accurately using certain spiritual gifts, but they were also immature in their use of spiritual gifts, and some people were becoming proud. So he's going to give a lot of instruction, but he continues, uh, jump down to verse 4, and he wants them to know before he brings any correction to them, if they are believers in Jesus Christ, they have been given gifts from the living God who made heaven and earth. So look at verse 4. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So the big idea there is if you know Jesus Christ, you have been given gifts by God empowered by the Holy Spirit for the common good of the local church, whichever local church you are a part of. And we're to use those gifts. And we're going to see in this series, there are times where um, the Lord gives even more gifts as we continue to serve him and move towards people and try to use our gifts and, and motivated by God's love for us and love for others to just move towards people. And as we do that, more gifts seem to emerge at times. And we're going to see that more clearly in chapter 14 when we get there. But the point is, you have gifts. And if you're not sure what those gifts are, I would encourage you, just start doing things for the Lord and for the good of others. And as you do, gifts and abilities will come out. And ask people that you trust where they think God has gifted you, and, and you'll get a clearer picture. But it really comes as we move towards helping others. You will discover your gifts, I think, quite quickly. The beautiful picture in the New Testament of the church isn't just one or two men or women doing all the work of ministry, but it's every Christian using their gifts for the blessing and the good of others. In fact, in, in Ephesians 4, it says that one of the, the roles and jobs of pastors is to equip the saints for works of ministry. So our, our understanding of the New Testament is that everybody is to be active using your gifts, talents, abilities for the Lord. And when that is happening and motivated by God's love, then a church becomes very healthy. So let's jump into our passage this morning. First point is this. In Christ... We have been united into one body by the Holy Spirit. So by trusting in Jesus, we have been united into one body. Jesus is the head of that body. And, and it's happened by the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 12 and 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. So this is a radical countercultural statement of the time in which Paul was writing. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. So let's look at verse 12 first. For just as one body, a body is one, it has many members. So I am Joe Ryer, a human body. That human body is made up of different parts. I got fingers and toes and organs. I got all kinds of things going on. I got ears that stick out like all the, the Ryer 
males that have gone before me and not all that come after me, but some who bear my, my last name. I have wonderful hearing because of God's design of my ears just sticking out a little further than normal. But the, the point is the, the human body is made up of many parts that makes one whole. The same is true of the church. And Jesus is the head of the church. What is wild about this passage, if you look carefully at verse 12, it actually says something that you wouldn't expect it would say. Look at verse 12 again. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members are of the body, though many are one body, so it is with, and you would think the Apostle Paul would say, so it is with the church. So it is with the church universal and the church local. But instead, he says, so it is with Christ. In other words, Jesus is so identified with the church that, he, that the Apostle Paul writes that to, to be so mindful that Jesus and the local church are making up one body. The Apostle Paul first discovered this before he was a Christian. If you remember, he was on the road to Damascus in the book of Acts. He was, a, he was known as Saul. That was his Jewish name, named after King Saul of the Old Testament. And what he was doing on the road to Damascus, he was traveling to the city because he had a list of Christians that he was going to persecute. And while he was on that road, he hears a voice from heaven, and the voice says this. It says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Not why do you persecute my followers? Why do you persecute me? See, Jesus is so identified with his people. To persecute a Christian is to persecute Jesus. To be a part of a local church is to be a part of Jesus' family, even Jesus' as you could even say, body. It's so interconnected. Look at verse 13 again. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we and all were made to drink of one spirit. This is a beautiful thing. So slave or free, rich or poor, educated, uneducated, when someone was born again and God's Spirit comes inside, they're united with Christ. They are baptized into God's Spirit. God's Spirit comes in and the, the technical word the New Testament uses at times is regenerate, makes us spiritually alive. Uh, the word baptize means literally to immerse or sub, submerge. So if I was, if... Uh, and in some old writings, it was used as a nautical term. So if a ship was baptized into the sea, meaning it sunk and it was submerged. So to be baptized in the Spirit is to be submerged, to be immersed in God's Spirit. And that happens the moment you are born again, that you go from spiritual blindness and deadness to spiritual life. In that moment, you are united with all Christians. You're on equal ground completely, no matter of your social status, no matter of your family background, no matter anything, because of what Christ has done, we all have equal access to God the Father and all have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us as 
a part of his family. It's an incredible, incredible reality. Which brings us to the second point. We are one body with many parts working together for the common good. One body. Jesus is the head. Many parts working together for the common good. Look at verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So if the foot just rebelled, I'm leaving the body. Just because he says he's leaving the body doesn't mean he's actually leaving the body. So my foot could have all kinds of weird ideas today, but it's still connected to my body. Same thing with your hand, with your nose, with your eyes, with your ears. Um, it's hard not to see humor in the way Paul is um, writing about this. And remember, he is bringing some correction to a group of people that, that thought different parts of the church family were, were to be elevated wrongly over others. And so he's, he's bringing correction, but he's doing it in a kind of a fun way. So if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single mem member, where would the body be? As it were, there are many parts, yet one body. So you get what he's doing here? Imagine if you're looking at me and all you saw was eyeballs. Like I'm just one big walking eyeball. Well, that doesn't make up a human body. Or, or imagine it's just a hundred noses. So you're just looking at a hundred noses or, or many, many ears or 5,000 fingers. The point is God sets up the body, the human body, but also the, the church body in a way that all the different parts, when they're functioning, make it this healthy whole. Where we get into trouble is when we want to be something that God hasn't made us to be. So if it's a human body, imagine if before you came to church today, you, you, your body parts could talk and you hear your, your, your ears just complaining. Oh, I so want to be able to see. All I want to be able to do is see. And those little white eyeballs, they, they see everything. I see nothing. All I can do is hear. Or imagine if your tongue just talked to your nose and said, oh, I so wish I was a nose so I could smell everything before it came into the mouth. Imagine if that would happen. See, what happens is where we get into trouble, I think, as Christians, is we begin to compare and um, think we really want things that, that God didn't give us. We want to be like that person. We want to have their abilities. We want to have their gifts, whatever they would be, rather than just to really resign and trust the Lord for how he has made you uniquely. 
I mean, we can do that with our physical appearance, not just with gifts. You, if you have brown eyes, you might want blue eyes. If you have curly hair, you might want straight hair. If you're like me on the shorter side, you might want to be on the taller side, whatever it is. But the best thing we can do is, Lord, you made me just like you wanted to make me. Thank you for that. And with that comes limitations, and with that comes strengths and abilities. And we, we need to accept that. But the body is to work best when every member is functioning together. And you're using your gifts. If you're a member of the church or you're a regular attender and you get a lot of our written communication, a lot of it is signed by me, has my name on it. And so what you need to know is I'm, I'm not a great writer. I'm a big idea person. And so I throw this mess out. You know, I type a mess out. And then Kathy Carney and Sarah Failer, Sean McGochran and others, they, they put, sent, they, they put the, the punctuation where it's supposed to go. They help me with spelling. They, so it's, it's like, I have the idea, but I, I just kind of vomit a big mess. And then they use their gifts and abilities to, and that happens in our, our pastor's meetings, that happens in all the different teams that, that are happening in the church. We had a, a pastoral search team meeting for about two hours yesterday morning, and it's just this wonderful mix of gifts, abilities, and experience that are all bringing their thoughts and their perspective and their wisdom together in how to walk through the pastoral search process that we're a part of. Well, that's the body functioning. And so every single Christian has a part to play in local church life. So don't, don't envy the part that you're not playing. Thank the Lord for the part you get to play and ask him to help you to, to, to really discover that more and be empowered by the Spirit more to use those gifts and abilities. So we, we must not or never envy or desire that God would, would make us something that we're not. We should just resign that. Thank you, Lord, for, for making the way you, you made me. Look at verse 15 again. The foot should not say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. In other words, the, the connection for us is however God has made you, however God has gifted you, you are a part of the body. And you're to be a contributing part of the body. It should give you faith. It should give you a sense of joy when you get to use your gifts and abilities not to serve yourself, but to serve those whom Christ died for. Or, or even maybe more so those who don't even know Jesus yet. We get to use our gifts and abilities as a blessing to others. So we must not neglect to use the gift that God has given us for the common good. Verse 17 again, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? If the whole body was pastors, where would be, you could just fill in the blank. If the whole body was administrators, if the whole body was gift of mercy, if the whole body was gifts of help, whatever it would be, it would get very lopsided very quickly. See, we need every part functioning together for the common 
good. And we must joyfully acknowledge and appreciate and accept what God has given us. Look at verse 18. This is where the Apostle Paul is drawing their attention rather than looking sideways to what they have and don't have in their abilities, look upward. And this is what he says. But as, but as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. God has arranged and gifted as he chose. God is wise. God is loving. He's not cruel. He's kind. He's good. He's generous. He's abundant. And when he distributed gifts and abilities to all of us, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew the measure. He knew the increase that will come in the future. He, he knows it all. And so we, we do best to keep our eyes upward toward the Lord and thank him for what he has given us. You know, you think about the human body. You might not think of, about a lot of parts of your body a lot, but imagine you have no thumbs. If you have no thumbs, it changes everything. I mean, try right now to pick up something beside you with no thumbs. It's way harder. You can do it, but it's not the same. Every part is intentional. Every part of a local church family is intentionally given and designed by the Lord. And then we're going to see this last point he's going to make is we are to be um, interconnected, not just in accomplishing goals, but in loving and caring for one another, in rejoicing with one another, in sharing burdens with one another. It, he's going to change the metaphor a bit, and he's going to show how it, it has this interconnected effect. So point number three, we are in, interdependently connected to one another for the common good. Every Christian is to be interdependently connected to one another. Look at verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head or the feet, I have no need of you. I mean, imagine this. We're back to our hot day scenario. You're gardening, you're exercising, you're doing something. You're just hot and thirsty. Imagine if your hand rebelled. So there's a glass of water there, and your hand said, I'm not grabbing it. I'm not grabbing it. You're going to have to bend over and, and just start lapping it up like a dog. I'm not participating. Or imagine if your hand said, I will participate. I'm going to pick it up. But the mouth says no. And so your lips close tight. So nothing's happening. You can't drink. See, every part is dependent on the other part. And it works best when it's all working together. I mean, if your hand wouldn't participate in drinking, you could figure a way out, right? But if your heart decided to stop working, you're not doing anything. If your lungs decided to stop working, you're not doing anything. If your brain decided to stop working, you're not, you're not, it's over. You're not doing anything. And so all the parts of the body are to be working together. And we want to play our part. We want, to, we want to use the gifts and abilities that God has given us that make a local church stronger. Let me just say a little side note. If you're visiting or you're, you're watching online, the strong encouragement would be as you're praying and you're seeking a, a local church to be a part of, just find one 
and, and dive in. There's no perfect local church. In this area, it's kind of unique. There are a number of good, healthy, Bible-preaching churches. Find one and dive into that local church. It won't be perfect. It will be messy at times. This church will be messy at times. Any church you go to will be messy at times. But you will be most alive spiritually when you are contributing and living life with other Christians and being part of the body. I mean, imagine, it's kind of a gross example, but if I just cut my hand off and just sat it over there. It's not participating in Joe Ryer's body anymore. It's just sitting over there. And so it doesn't get to do all the things that it could be doing if it was connected and a part of the body. That's kind of a gross example, so apologize. Um, we'll assume it didn't decay or anything. It's just a healthy hand sitting over there. Um, picture more cartoon than horror movie. All right, so let's go to verse 22. On the contrary... The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So the parts of the body, let's say in local church life, that that conferences aren't celebrating, that books aren't written about, they are indispensable. They mean a ton to the Lord and they should mean a ton to us. Verse 23, And on those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow a greater honor. And on unpresentable parts, we, we treat with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. See, human nature ranks things in a way that the Lord doesn't. The Lord cares about the heart. That is clear in the Old Testament. That is clear in the New Testament. He cares about our heart's motive. In a few weeks, we're going to get to 1 Corinthians 13, and you're going to see that love is the most important ingredient to using our spiritual gifts. Because Paul says, if you have everything, you can do miracles, but you have not love. You're like a clanging cymbal or gong. You're just noisy. But if your heart is right, Let's say you have been given one small, obscure gift from a human perspective, but you use that with great joy. You use it with great diligence. You you serve your heart out with it. That so pleases the Lord and strengthens the church. So let's keep our eyes on the Lord and not on comparing one to another. See, the Corinthians got into trouble because some of the the more spectacular, extraordinary gifts that we talked about last week, the people that were doing them, some of them became very proud. Look at me. Look what what I can do. Well, Well, Paul says, what do you have that you haven't received? Any gift you have is a gift from God's Spirit for the good of others, not for our own glory. So let's continue here. Verse 25, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. So he goes from, let's not have division, let's appreciate the gifts and abilities that we have with one another. Let's not divide. And then he he flips it. Let's care for one another. Let's care for one another. See, even on Mother's Day, babies make noise. 
And one way to care for one another, let's say with parenting, so those of you who have older children, we have all been in that moment where a baby is crying. Um, I've been in public places where, where uh, when my kids were young, they, they did stuff that was super embarrassing. Um, and, and I'm not going to go into any details, so don't worry, child. You know what I'm thinking. I'm not even looking at you. Um, not saying a word. Um, but an, a parent who is, has older children can come alongside the, that one and encourage. Encouragement is a spiritual gift. There's not a person in this room or watching who doesn't need to be encouraged in some area of your life right now. And so if you have that gift, write a note, write a card, talk to people, encourage, and by that you show care for one another. We're to care for one another. We're to show a genuine love for one another. One of the things I love about Saving Grace Church is if you're newer to the church, you'll notice at the end of church today, Mother's Day might be a little different, but generally, people just hang out for a while. It's one of our favorite things to watch as pastors because people are getting to know one another better. They're they're caring for one another. They're sharing each other's burdens. They're praying for one another. Um, That's a beautiful picture of the church. Verse 26, along the same ideas. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So our understanding of local church life, it's relational. It's way more than a Sunday morning. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have um, different activities throughout the year so that you're together. That's why um, we really love when you just get together on your own without any kind of organization. It just sort of happens. And when that happens, when we go through hard things, we can suffer together. We can, we can share that together. When there's victories, when there's things to rejoice, when there's good news, we can rejoice together and celebrate together. If one member is honored, we can get behind that one member and honor and thank them and show them the appreciation that they rightly deserve. See, all of it's to be relational. And every member is indispensable. So don't believe the lie in your head right now that says everyone but me. Everyone but me right now. So let's say because of circumstances, you're not able to do as many things as you once were. Maybe it's physical circumstances and limitations. Maybe it's you're caring for a loved one who needs lots of time and care. So it might look different how you can care, but you can pray for others. You can shoot them a text. You can reach out to them. There's things you can do even in your maybe limited, boxed-in state where you, Lord, I really want to be a part of the church family, maybe like I once was. Give me creative ideas to know how I can contribute. And he will do that. So every Christian is part of the body of Christ. No exceptions. So look at the last verse in our section. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Now you, if you have called on Jesus, 
You are a part of the body of Christ and individually members of it. So what that means is you have God-given value and worth and a contribution to make. And so as you are taking risks, as you are stepping out in faith, as you are participating in the life of the church, your gifts and abilities will come out and the church will be stronger because of it. Here's a couple of things as we bring this to an end to just think of what are some practical things I can do this week that would connect with all that we just talked about. Here's a couple of things you can do. This week, encourage a fellow Christian where you see God at work in and through them. So encourage just any Christian you know. This is how I see God at work in your life. Do that. And don't wait and think, oh, nobody's coming to me. <laughs> Why don't they just come to me and encourage? Just go and encourage. Here's another one. Um, we have a day of serving coming up. When church is over, go out to the, the Connect Center and sign up for the day of serving. You might think, I'm not good at any other thing. Just sign up. They'll be glad to have you. And they'll, they'll figure out what you're good at and what you're maybe not so good at. Uh, two more things. Spend time thanking the Lord for individual Christians and the way God is using them for the common good. So in your private time with the Lord, thank the Lord by name for specific people that have been a blessing to the body of Christ. And then lastly, pray that the Lord would continue to empower us all to use the gifts and abilities that he's given us to be a blessing to others. We're gonna keep hitting that theme throughout this series. But the Lord wants to use you. He wants to awaken you more to be a part within your own constraints of time and, and all those things. So let's stand. Let's have the band come up. And we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that you give gifts and you empower us to use those gifts. Lord, would you stir us all to be even more fruitful and effective for you? Would you give us new gifts and more gifts that would be a blessing to this local church and to this broader community? Lord, we will give you all the praise for that. Lord, even as we sing this final song, would you, would you speak to us? Would you encourage us? Would you give us faith? Would you give us grace to keep looking forward and not in the rearview mirror. And I pray that there would be a sense of excitement and anticipation of, of how you intend to use us as a whole church family in the days and years to come. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.